This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Working Overtime, the advice-focused Better Call Saul to regular workings Breaking Bad. I'm Isaac Butler. And I'm June Thomas. Isaac, how would you rate your creativity level in the last month? I mean, I've been working overtime creatively, <laughs> frankly. I, I did this four-part lecture series at a school, so I was doing four 90-minute lectures, a oh new one God. every Friday. Wow. And I wrote a book proposal that I'm currently revising. So I think that's wow. that's pretty good, you know? I mean, yeah. what about you, June? How's deadlines going, and oh. uh, what are we talking about today? Let's talk about what we're talking about today. <laughs> Those are our choices of topics. So earlier this year... I read a book by James Altucker. It's called Skip the Line, The 10,000 Experiments Rule and Other Surprising Advice for Reaching Your Goals. This is part of my weird fascination with productivity gurus. And Altucker is so openly odd that I almost, almost found him charming. My personality and my socialist upbringing means I can't truly get behind a book that is intended to help some people jump ahead of other perfectly good people to skip the line, as it were. But there was one idea that really grabbed me. So I wanted to talk about it on this episode. It's about killing your way to the top, right? That's, that's the <laughs> idea much. that appealed to you. It's like just murdering everyone until you're the most prominent person in your field. Yeah. Choose your weapon, basically. Yeah, so great. Good. he is a serial entrepreneur and investor, as well as a writer and sometime podcaster. And he talks about a practice that he's done for years. Every day, he writes down 10 ideas. Now, as with Julia Cameron's morning pages, the idea isn't necessarily to create something amazing. You don't have to keep track of the ideas. You don't ever have to look at them again. The point is to build up your idea muscle, or as he sometimes calls it, your possibility muscle. Before we go further, what's your first impression of this? Is this something you've ever done? Is it something that appealed to you? I will admit that my answer to these questions, June, are negative, <laughs> no, and no. And, mm. and part of this is, this is a very closed-minded response, maybe. But I have a certain, like, reflexive consider the source problem here that, like, I am just not going to take a suggestion from a cryptocurrency hawking hedge fund gajillionaire <laughs> about how to be more creative. Mm. Seriously. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's I like, do. I, I do. he and I have very similar hair. So I feel bad about <laughs> feeling this true. way, but, but you know, like those aren't real jobs. And also <laughs> I just don't, think that that's how ideas actually work. I don't think that's how imagination actually mm. works. And I don't think that's how you become more creative. But 
I'm trying to yuck fewer yums. You did ask. <laughs> That's the only reason why I'm I doing did. this. So, I did. So, so before I go any further and, and whip myself into a lather or whatever, <laughs> I, I got to ask, you know, what were your first impressions around this idea? Because you love systems and habits and things a lot more than I do. My capacity for taking in this stuff is really astonishingly high, almost despite the source. And I have to say, I really don't disagree with anything you said. But I was still curious about this particular practice. I had heard second or third hand versions of this idea generation practice because, and this is where people are going to think, June, how can I take you seriously? But I watch a lot of stationary videos on YouTube where people are basically desperate for something to put in their journals. So I had seen people set aside a notebook for their 10 daily ideas and I thought it sounded interesting. And I tried it, but it never really worked for me because I didn't have any structure. And after a few days, it was pretty much always around day four, my list of ideas would just degenerate into nonsense. Like there was always a lot about communicating with animals and how we should all wear signs around our necks. Like it just got really bonkers. And so other than realizing that I was really obsessed with animal communication, I didn't feel like I was getting anything out of it. So I always stopped. Mm. So what changed for you? <laughs> I think it was that Altucker offered several suggestions for the kinds of topics that a person might generate ideas about. His examples weren't necessarily things I'm interested in. Like he talked about how he would write 10 ideas for things big companies could do to improve their businesses. And then he would send them to the people in charge of those companies. So not something I would do, but somehow the notion of giving myself a topic for my daily list made the process much less dada and absurd and more satisfying. And some of his ideas actually were relatable to me. So some examples were 10 ideas for books, 10 ideas for articles, for TV shows, podcasts, skills you want to learn, 10 ways to save time, you know. And so I used some of his ideas to start with, but eventually I got into the habit of having the last thing I do for this daily practice after writing down my 10 ideas be coming up with the topic for the next day's list. And I think that was what helped me do this every day and what made it sometimes at least feel genuinely useful. So Isaac, about a month ago, I suggested to you that we both do this. Mm -hmm. Did you write down 10 ideas every day? Actually, before you answer, let's take a break. Listeners, we'll hear how Isaac did after these messages. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. 
Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. Hey, listeners, do you come up with 10 ideas per day? Do you have any other daily rituals, any practices you'd recommend to uh, your fellow listeners? Well, get in touch and share your experience. You can email us at workingatslate.com or even better, call us and leave a listener voicemail at 304-933-9675. That's 304-933-WORK. All right, we're back, and I'm dying to know how this experience was for you, Isaac. First, did you do it every day? Did it feel useful? Drum roll, please. June, I tried. I, I really <laughs> did. You you asked me a month ago, and you know I'm trying to be an open-minded person. I, sure. I, I went into it with an open heart to give it a go, go into it with generosity of spirit. And <laughs> I just got to tell you, June... I suck at habit formation. I just suck <laughs> at it. I'm so bad at it. So while I did do it sometimes over the last month off and on, you know, I'd do it for a few days and I'd forget a, for a couple days and I'd remind myself and so on and so forth. So it was never a daily habit really. But I also think one of the reasons why I struggled was because it wasn't working for me and a month is a long friggin' time, you know? It is. The thing that's good about it is it creates deliberate space for thinking. And that's yeah. really wonderful. I, I, I genuinely believe that. But I just don't think that this is how ideas spring to life. I think that ideas come, and I mean real ideas, not what should I get at the grocery store or whatever, but yeah. like a, a real meaningful idea mm -hmm. comes from having a well-tended subconscious. It's about yeah. slowing down and spending time doing things that either require your imagination, reading, making art or whatever, or feed that imagination, going to see art, having meaningful conversations with people who matter to you, or, I mean, I guess I suppose listening to podcasts, right? Hey. I mean, I'm, I'm all for mindfulness exercises. I'm all for building your creative muscles. And I think daily pages actually are much better at this because that's an act of deep engagement, you mm -hmm. know, but I also don't want to pretend to speak for anyone other than myself. And so I'm, I'm curious about your experience. Well, again, I just want to say, I agree with you about all those things. The things you just mentioned are essential. I really cannot mount a rousing defense of Al Tucker's view of anatomy and the existence of the possibility muscle and all of that. But for all that, 
was overall a positive experience for me. This is certainly not a magic trick that will turn you from a creative zero into an idea-generating hero. As you alluded to, this is a book whose primary audience is probably people interested in starting businesses, uh, as as the author has at various points in his career. And, you know, I, I wish it were possible to be a successful entrepreneur and launch a dream business by making a list every day, but I, I unfortunately don't think that's true. However, I did enjoy this practice and I got something out of it. I pretty much always found it to be fun. I would engage my just spitballing muscle at the end of the day and it kind of made me smile. You know, there was one day where my schedule was really different from usual and so I skipped doing it and I I really missed having written out my list. I, I, I caught up early the next morning and I'm glad to say I didn't get any idea cramps or possibility Charlie horses, you know, I was able to catch up. And, and it really, it was just like a pleasant way to spend five minutes as part of my end of day routine. You know, I kind of enjoyed it. But was it useful? It was, you know, on, on the occasions when I come up with a good topic for the next day's list, it actually generated productive thoughts, even though they were just starting things off. It felt kind of real. Now, I have to say, there's probably something that is quite specific to me and my life. So it's been a little less than a year since I left my day job at Slate, and that was a job where I had to come up with solutions to problems big and small. Like that was a big part of my job. So this kind of simulated the rush I used to get from that part of my work. Mm -hmm. We often talk about individuals performing well in tough times. And usually that means when we encounter a bunch of unexpected challenges, you know, nobody actually enjoys those times. But I must admit that in periods like that, like say around the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, when we had to make huge changes to the way we made podcasts, I did feel productive and useful and creative, you know. And I feel good about the work I'm doing now, making this podcast and writing my book. But there are fewer opportunities to dazzle with my impressive problem-solving skills. And this exercise, I think, stimulated that part of my brain, even if I was only impressing myself. All right, we're going to take another break here, but we'll be back with some more thoughts on this 10 ideas a day exercise after this. Listeners, I just want to remind you that if you are enjoying working overtime, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, we'd love you to rate or review the show. It really does help new listeners to find us. If Overcast is your app of choice, as it is mine, please hit the star to recommend this episode to others. Thanks again. So Isaac, were there any times at all when this felt useful to you? The times that I did find it useful were extremely practical ones. So, you know, some days I feel like, did this happen to you? You, you get really stretched and suddenly you're like, 10 names of made up vegetables. Uh, <laughs> one, flurips. Two, carolee. Three, scallions. Ah, shit, scallions are real. You know, <laughs> those days it's not, it's not useful. But when I was like 10 outlets I should pitch, I felt like, okay, I set aside five minutes to think about that and actually write it down. What about you? Yeah. No, Sam, uh, the occasions when I found it most practical were when I, quote unquote, needed to think about something like it's really hard to just sit and ponder, you know, cogitation requires specificity. And it was useful if I could come up with a practical subject for a list, even if it was a bit weird, like I was going to meet someone for the first time and I made a list of things that it would be good 
if they knew about me. Like, I wasn't going to reel them all off. Hi, stranger, here are 10 things I've done in my life. But the practice of like pulling them out of the ether actually felt useful. And when we got together, I felt a bit more prepared than I usually do for first meetings because it can just be so hard to know what do I want them to know about me kind of thing. And I'll tell you another concrete situation when I was grateful to have started this peculiar habit. And it was when I was starting to feel worried that I wasn't going to meet my book deadline. And worrying is definitely not productive. So I tried to think of things that would shift my thinking away from anxiety and worry and onto actions I could take. So one night my list was 10 adjustments I could make to my current writing process. Now, did I have a genius insight that turned everything around? No, I did not. But it was good to be reminded, which is to say to remind myself of practical steps I could take rather than allowing the anxiety to spiral. And on that same overall topic, I did a list of ways my life will be different once I've submitted my manuscript or even more motivationally, once the book is done. And that felt quite reassuring too, you know, just to get back to the underlying motivation for all this work. You know, June, I'm curious about what you do with your ideas, you know, or in this case, 10 ideas. Like all Tucker says, you could just throw these ideas away. Who who cares? But he also sometimes sends them to other people's companies to, right. you know, to optimize them or whatever. And, and, uh, I think we can at times put so much pressure on the having of the idea that we forget that an idea is actually just the starting point. Yeah. You know, when an idea arises, you need to write it down or pace around your apartment <laughs> and think about it, research it, daydream about it. You know, the ideas that are worthwhile are the ones that spur deep, deep, deep engagement. I'm wondering what your process was with these ideas that, that you came up with. Were there any that sparked a deeper, maybe even imaginative process on your part? They might have kind of started something in motion. I don't think there are none that are like, okay, this is my next big thing. But I just want to say that I really do think that the biggest takeaway from this exercise is accepting that the weird notions that spring into our heads are worth paying attention to. And part of that is learning to discern when it's worth exploring them more. My ideas for communicating with cats were not worth the ink and the time <laughs> I spent writing them down. But sometimes something pops into your noggin that you really should spend more time with. And yes, write that down. And to answer your question, I added the ones I wanted to return to periodically to Obsidian, my note-taking app of choice, where I have a process for periodically resurfacing notes. It's all about space repetition, baby. <laughs> now, wait, wait, wait. Did you also enter it into your Zettel Kasten so that it can come up with new ideas for you or however that thing works? Yes, yes. Although yeah, I should let you know, it is not AI. It's not generating them for me. But yes, Obsidian is where I keep my Zettel Kasten. And Isaac, I am so proud of you for having internalized that peculiar word. So... Thank you. You're welcome. Did you also put it in your bullet journal? <laughs> no. Well, did I? No. I think maybe it started in my bullet journal, but no. I, that's the thing, though. I want to pat myself on the back because I resisted a stationary purchase, which is not something I can say very often. He writes his ideas down on waiter's order pads, which he, you know, took great pride in saying that he bought, like, you know, a gross of them or something. And I think this is the first time that I've ever said no to like a single use writing surface. And so I'm just like so proud of myself for that. June, 
I am proud of you too, because you know, the first step to getting better is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> that is so true. All right, I think that's about it for this week. The practice we've been discussing comes from James Altucker's book, Skip the Line. Thanks to our endlessly inventive producers, Kevin Bendis and Cameron Drews, it would only take me seconds to come up with a list of 10 great things about each of them. We'll be back with another episode of Working Overtime in two weeks, and on Sunday, you'll find a regular episode of Working right in your feed. Until then, get back to work. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.